All right, church. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we had a uh, we had a worship and a worship and healing night last night, and man, it was an amazing time <clears throat> for those that were Hallelujah. For those that were here, it was just an amazing, amazing time. We were here late, man. I don't know. We got out of here late last night, and it feels like maybe we should have just put a few cots down here and slept and just, amen, and just woke up and stayed here for the weekend. But we're so excited to be back in God's house, so be back to be in his presence corporately, and we're looking forward to what God has in store today. He has just put some things in our heart, and we'll share those throughout the morning, but we're just excited what God's going to do. We are excited about what God's going to do. I'm coming with big expectations today. I don't know about you guys. How many are coming with some big expectations today on what he's going to do? Amen. Amen. Um, last night, as we were walking into the building, I just had this real sense of peace. Um, and I had it again this morning. And it's just like a, it's just a new, it's a new sense of peace. Um, it's like um, some kind of striving has fallen away. And it, it, what it really is, is, a, is a, deeper, a deeper level of trust in that we are his body. And we belong to him. And he's leading us. He's leading us. And, um, and we can trust in him. We don't have to fight to keep ourselves safe. He is our protector. We can trust him. We can trust the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, leading us, guiding us. We can let our guard down in his presence. We can. We can trust him. Um, Psalms 84 in verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Hallelujah. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. 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 Well, stand with me. We're going to do a call to worship together. Cool, if you want to bring that up, it's out of Exodus 15. On the count of three, we're going to read this together, and then we're going to worship. We're going to worship and turn our eyes to Jesus this morning. One, two, three. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God. I will exalt him. Let's worship him today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The word says we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. And our testimony is filled with the word of God. Our testimony is filled with the promises of God. Our testimonies are filled with the things that God has done for us, which align up with his word. And that is why we overcome by what is here at this table by what he did on the cross, by the blood of the lamb, and by our praise, which is our praise, which is the words of our testimony, as we say back to him what he has promised to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for your son. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. 
We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. As you come forward this morning to receive the elements, um, it's double cup, and we go over this every week, but we're so excited because there's lots more people here than there had been. So y'all are coming, and we just are, why are we excited? Because God's presence has been here in such a special, special way, Um, and it's just, it's here. It's here, and um, we just are excited to share it with the whole wide world with as many Amen. people who will come. Amen. Um, and so as, as you come today to get your elements, um, it's a double cup. And that way you're only picking up one thing at a time, just one thing. The, the bottom cup has the little cracker, and then on top is the cup with their juice. Um, there are three tables, and the two side sections um, and the front of these two sections, just like the first four rows, you're going to come into these side aisles and come straight down to the table receive your elements, and then you're going to circle back to your, circle back to your, um, to your seats. If you're in the back of these two big sections, you're going to come to the center aisle and go down the back to the back table, then circle around to your, to your seats. In this way, we can all be served in an orderly way, and we don't have traffic jams at the table of the Lord. Um, and we come to the table. It's his body and his blood. You know, um, I love the song that we just sang. And I didn't love it the first time I heard it because the first time I heard it, I had only heard like the, I don't know, I'm not a musician, the bridge or I had only heard the one part. This is how I fight my battles over and over again. That's the only part I had ever heard over and over again. And then I heard the words of the verses and I was like, oh, this (laughs) is how I fight fight my my battles. battles. This, the table of the Lord, the body and the blood of Christ. It's important when we sing that we know of what we're singing, that we know of what we're singing. So what I used to do, I used to just insert my own to the Lord, you know, how I fight my battles. It was praise. It was worship. It's the word. But oh, when I heard those verses, I said, yes, yes, now we can sing that song. it. It is at the table of the Lord. He has prepared a table in the presence of our enemies. The enemy this morning, church, is the spirit of fear. That's right. It's the spirit of fear. That's right. And we've prayed before church. Two Saturdays ago, we canvassed the campus, three of us, with anointing oil. I told the staff, don't be afraid if there's a little oil cross on each one of your desks. (laughs) We used our key. We went in every corner. In every corner, I was down in the basement in the maintenance room. I was praying over all the cables. <laughs> Communication, Father, Amen. let it be uninterrupted for the, for the gospel of Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I prayed over the kitchen. Amen. I prayed. We, 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 Amen. we were on the roof. On the roof, baby. We were on the roof. <laughs> we prayed where the old building meets the new building. Hallelujah. We prayed on every corner of the Thank roof. You, I mean, we just let Thank the Spirit you, lead us. But Thank one you, thing Lord. was certain. As the Spirit led, there were three of us, and we went separate, and then we came together. We said, what, how did the Spirit lead? And one thing was very clear. The spirit of fear has to, to go. go in Jesus. It's gone. Amen. It's gone. Amen. And when you come into this place, Amen. as we come to the table Hallelujah. this morning, there's a word that the Lord has been speaking to my heart, to our heart, and it's loosening the dirt. So when we think of sin, you know, I think of roots and I think of root systems and we talk about generational sin. Those are the big fat roots. Those are like the tree roots that can uproot concrete and such. 
He's loosening the dirt. And um, I I was talking with a friend, and we had she had this picture of a tree that fell down, and all the roots were intact, and they all came up at once. And my prayer has been, Lord, loosen the dirt of my heart, and let every root, let every root that you have not planted be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we come Amen. to the table. Amen. We come to the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's come forward or backward and collect our elements and then hold on to yeah, them. Hold on to them until we, uh, we'll come back, we'll up, come back up in just and two minutes together. and we'll partake together. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the table, for the bread, for the cup, your body broken, your blood shed. Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. This table is a representation of God's perfect love. Is a representation of God's perfect love. So I just want to take one more minute. I want you just to spend a minute and reflect. And say, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me where I have allowed fear to take a root in my heart. Or I've allowed jealousy or envy or strife. Or I've allowed pride. Just take a minute and ask Him to show you what needs loosened, what needs pulled out this morning. Because this table is about rejoicing for what He did, but it's also about reflection and repentance. So I don't want to leave here this morning without taking a minute to repent of the things that he is calling us to repent for. And I believe this morning as we repent, not just for our own sins, we can begin to repent also as a nation for the grievances that hurt your heart so much. So just take a minute and just reflect on him. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Do the work that only you can do. For with you all things are possible. You must be greater, we must be less. More of you more of you. Doing some business with God this morning. I'm doing some business with God this morning. I hope you are too. Don't miss this moment to do some business with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't miss this moment to do business with him. It's reading in 1 Corinthians this week, and um, there's a little section, like the subtitle is, Judge Yourselves, Mm. Examining Your Heart, or Mm. Examining Your Own Heart. And the scriptures are talking about um, 
judging our own heart before the Lord. And in the center column, you know, there's like the little tiny A and you follow it to other scriptures. And it, it was 1 John 1, 9. And I didn't have to turn there because I went to Christian school. And every week when it was our class's turn to say the Bible verse, I said the same Bible verse every single time for five full years. And it was 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When I read scriptures in the Bible about being perfect, even as he is perfect, my first response is almost like despair, like, oh, I can't do that. But then I go back to 1 John 1, 9, and he promises that he'll cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Nothing hidden, nothing hidden, nothing hidden. Nothing hidden at the table of the Lord. Father, we invite you into every corner of our heart. Open every door. Pull back every curtain. Thank you. Thank you. We are saying, come, Lord Jesus. We want to know. We want to see. Thank you, Lord. We want to grow in you. We want to know. We hold nothing back at the table. Thank you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we thank you. We rejoice. We thank you for what you've done for us. Our eyes are turned towards you. Our eyes are turned towards you. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in this place. We worship you, the risen King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. Let's continue to worship. Oh, I love how the Holy Spirit works. Because in my heart I was standing here thinking, I just, I feel like we need to just invite people up here who are battling fear and anxiety because perfect love casts that out. And as we talked about last night, the woman with the issue of blood, she sought after Jesus and she just was saying, if I just touch his robe, I'll be made whole. There's a healing anointing here this morning to break the power and the chains of fear and anxiety. And while I love how the Holy Spirit is, I was going to get up here and say, hey, ushers, could you move these tables out of the way so that we can have people come up to the front? And I looked up, and they're already doing it. So that's just my confirmation to get up here and to say, okay, guys, if that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, If you're watching online, if you're here, today's not the day just to slip your hand up. Today's the day to come forward. 
Today's the day to come forward with boldness, to come to this altar and to receive freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety. For the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Bible says if he is for us, then who can be against us? If he is for us, then who can be against us? Well, the enemy tries to come against us, and he tries to bring a spirit of fear and anxiety, and we have to fight that and say no more in Jesus' name. It has to go. For we are more than conquerors through him. More than conquerors because of what he has done. As we were worshiping, I was thinking to myself, why do we, why do we call forth, why do we crave the presence of the Holy Spirit? And the Lord just began to speak to me and he said, have you ever read the word? Have you ever sat down and read the word and felt condemned? Felt worse after reading it than before you started? Is it just me? Has that ever happened? Has it ever happened? That's not, that's not, that's, that's the word, that's a spirit of religion. It's based in a spirit of fear. There's condemnation. There's shame in it. And we need the presence of the Holy Spirit to rightly divide the word of truth. Hallelujah. Otherwise, we come away with a form of godliness. But without his presence, without, I've opened the, I've opened the word and the Holy Spirit has shown me things too marvelous for words. It's like it was not meant for me to share because I could never even begin to articulate how he was weaving and winding and and bringing freedom to me through his word. We, We must not be afraid of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to say it again because I feel like I need to. You must not fear the presence of the Holy Spirit. His presence. He is a person. He is a he. He comes and he wraps us in his in the spirit of Christ, the spirit of truth, the spirit of love, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. It's all the Holy Spirit. And as you come this morning, as you come this morning. Just let him speak to your heart. Thank you, Lord. Let him speak to your heart. He is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. Thank you, Lord. Come this morning. Come this morning. Amen. So if you feel that tugging on your heart this morning, just come up here. We're just going to continue. The worship team just going to continue to play in the background. Just come forward. That's you this morning. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, mama, say it again, I'm not sure, say it again.
Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Jesus, you cast out fear. The name of Jesus, we speak over each person up here. We command fear to go in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, go in Jesus' name. Anxiety, go in Jesus' name. You no longer have a place or a right to be on the inside of these saints. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hey, good morning, church. It's my job always to come up and break up all the wonderful fellowship time and talking time. I always feel like the mama. Settle them down, mama. Um, And he always has to come and find me to tell me that it's time. And that is exactly the way it is in our house, too. I'm, yeah. So, okay. I have some announcements for us this morning. The first one is the Man Up Conference is this Saturday. (laughs) This Saturday at 10 a.m. It is a virtual conference. And it will be right here in the sanctuary. Uh, Rich Horniman is leading that. So if you have any questions, you can see him um, after service, or you can also contact the church, and um, we can answer any questions that you have. Uh, Next, we have Youth Night coming up on June 28th at 6 p.m. I'm super excited about this. Our first Youth Night um, was March 15th, and it was right you know, at that kind of shutdown sort of period. And I just remember laboring in prayer over the church and, and the, the leading of the Lord and what God would have us do. And we kind of pressed, we pressed in and had like one more service, one more Sunday. And it was, we had Jeremy Gall in that Sunday and we had youth night and it was awesome. We had 15 students and um, Andy Musella taught, and we had worship and food, and it was just a really wonderful time. So I encourage you, if you are a teenager, we had a lot of fun. There's, we put, you know, there's pool and foosball and ping pong, and it's just really easy and enjoyable. There's food, um, and there's the word, and there's worship. And so that is on the 28th at 6 p.m. And at that same time, I believe Luciano Group will be meeting here in the sanctuary. Yes? So parents, if you want to drive your teenagers out, there is something for you here in the sanctuary. It's just really, really excellent teaching. So I invite you, and I believe that starts at 630, um, and there is no food. (laughs) So parents, eat before you come, but don't feed your kids, because I'll feed them when they get here. Um, So that's June 28th, youth at 6 p.m., Luciano group at 630. Um, next announcement is Operation Christmas Child. So we just have a phenomenal group of ladies who lead the charge each year for Operation Christmas Child. At the end of the year, we pack boxes. We send them across the world. Um, some wonderful things is uh, OCC is so good, they um, only... Only a child will only get one box in their lifetime. They rotate the regions that they that they give to. So this isn't just like this mindless thing where kids are getting shoe boxes every year. This really is a systematic, 
intentional way to spread the gospel to children. They're not just getting socks. They're not just getting washcloths and soap and combs and brushes um, and Band-Aids and lip balm. They're getting, um, they're getting the word of God. They have the opportunity to go through a program, and most of them do go through the program, and it's a discipleship program. So this is just a wonderful way to partner and to um, have an impact across the globe without having to get a passport and drive to the airport and get on a plane and go yourself. This is how you do that. So um, OCC is collecting those things that you see up on the screen behind me. The drop-off is in the bookstore doorway. I encourage you to participate. Put it on your grocery list. Um, include your kids. And that's what I have to say about that. Um, lastly, if this is your first time and you want to let us know that you were here, you can contact us if you have any questions, if you just want to say, hey, I enjoyed service on Sunday, or hey, I didn't enjoy service on Sunday, and here's why. Wait, that's fine. We'd love to talk with you, and just or not talk with you, just know you were here. You can contact us at info at ecfchurch.org. If you have a prayer request, praise report, testimony, prayer at ecfchurch.org. Um, we love, we just love hearing from you guys and staying connected. So that's all I have today. Pastor Jason. All right, guys. Today is graduation Sunday. Yay! Yay. Woo. <laughs> so I know many of these uh, many of these graduates didn't get to walk, maybe in like the typical way. I don't have what's that song called? Pomp and, Pomp and circumstance. That's right. I don't have that song ready to play. However, we do want to recognize our graduates. We actually have five high school graduates and two college graduates. What we're going to do is I'm going to say your name. I'd like you to come up here on the stage to recognize. And normally we say, well, hold the applause to the end. Uh-uh. Not Let today. It rip. Not today. <laughs> Let it rip on each and every one of them. If you want to stand periodically, you can stand if you want periodically. But let's just give them a round of applause after each one after we announce them. Okay? Can we do that? Can we do that? All right, you're going to put your mic. Okay, the very, we're going to do high school first. Uh, a couple of the high schoolers aren't here. It is in alphabetical order, not in order of importance. Let's make that very clear. Anna Ackerman. <clears throat> All right. Anna, Anna graduated from the Ackerman Homeschool Academy. In fact, she had spent, actually her senior year, she was down in Pittsburgh, uh, living in Pittsburgh this past year until that thing happened, Uh, and then she moved back home, but she's been studying to be a professional ballerina at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, and she will be returning there in the fall, in September, to continue her studies at the graduate program there at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. So give Anna a round of applause. All right. I know the high schoolers are doing their you know, alphabetical order. Yes, Kirsten, you're next. Kirsten Branton, come on up. I love this girl. I love this girl. Um, oh, I should wait until Sophia comes up here. Sophia's coming up. Um, okay, I'll say this. 
I, when I think of Kirsty, all I see is Kirsty and Corey in the side-by-side stroller, like forever <laughs> coming in and out of the church. Um, these girls, so I should wait for Sophia to come up. Is Sophia yeah. next? Yeah, Sophia will be next. So <laughs> okay. let me just, before you give the story, I know what you're going to say. Okay. So before, and Sophia, yes, it'll embarrass you as well. So, <clears throat> so that's okay. But before we do that, uh, Kirsty graduated from Collegiate Academy. And the next step, she's going to Gannon University to study political science. Yes? All right. All right. Next up, Sophia Ives. Come on, Sophia. Give her a hand. All right. Sophia graduated uh, from Harbor Creek High School. And she will be attending in the fall Mercyhurst University as a music major, music education major, right? All right, give her a hand. Is it wrong that I'm so excited that these two are staying close? We've had them since nursery. We feel such a sense of parental love over these girls because Jason and I just served in that nursery and we had Anna, baby Anna, baby Kirsty, <laughs> baby so Sophia, true, yeah. baby Kristen Kibbe. Yep. Um, that's all I remember. Am I missing? And we would, oh my goodness, Emma we would, we, hmm? Emma. we would um, dump the Cheerios on the tray of the walker and all the babies would just come like a trough. <laughs> that's not really, that's not really kosher anymore. That's not really how it's done, but that's how we did it. That's how we babysit. Um, and they baby. all that's just kind of ate together and toddled around together. But it's just been such a pleasure to have these girls together since, um, since nursery days. That's right. So I'm proud that's of right. them. Okay, we do. Give me another round of applause. Come on. Uh, we have two high schoolers that couldn't be here today, and I just want to recognize them. Uh, Kenny Nixon the third. So, Kenny, if you're watching, congratulations to you. Give Kenny a hand. Love you, Kenny. Uh, Kenny graduated from Collegian Academy, uh, and actually was talking to his dad the other day. Is He was planning to go to a community college to play baseball in Cleveland area, and they're not sure if that's going to work out. So he's still a little bit in limbo, but he's excited to go play ball because that's his passion. That's his heart is to play baseball, and the boy can play. Let me just tell you, the boy can play. So we're excited to see what God has in store for the Kenny. The young man can play. That's right, the young man. If he were is, here... Uh, Maybe like a foot taller than me, maybe? He's been since middle school. <laughs> and that's the truth. If he were here, I would talk about Kenny in middle school. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I did middle school ministry for like a minute. <laughs> and I did, I enjoyed them. But at that point, Kenny was taller than me and I had all these middle school boys. Yeah. And he has been, he's been, he's been so sweet. Mm. And um, I just so enjoyed having him. But yes, he was, he was this tall then and oh, now. Yeah. Now he's tall. Yeah. Real tall. Okay. And then the last high school graduate we have is Destiny Roach. So Destiny, I know she's working today. I know her family's here in the back. This is a family affair, right? Really I mean, is. all this is a family affair. Uh, she graduated from Erie First Christian Academy. And her next step is she's going to be working locally and continuing to seek God and what, what, has, what he has in store for her next. Amen. We love you, Destiny. Amen. Love you, Destiny. Okay. And then we've got two college graduates. Uh, Gianna O'Brien is not here. Uh, she graduated from Mercyhurst University, so give her a hand, Gianna. <clears throat> she's headed to North Carolina, um, and she's following a young man named Marcus. So if you those who know Marcus, and we've got some head nods. Love that guy. He's an awesome dude. Uh, he's down in North Carolina right now as well. And then our last college graduate, Tessa Sayer. Woo! <clears throat> 
Tessa could sing Pomp and Circumstance for us. Yeah, better Tessa, than do I. you want to sing the graduation song for us? No? Okay. Uh, Tessa graduated from Mercyhurst University, dual major, English and psychology. And she's going to currently, their next steps is going to start working locally, I, I think where you're at now, but continue to search for where you're going to go to grad school and what, you, what God has in store for you next. So congratulations for Tessa as well. <clears throat> All right, we want to just say a prayer over all the graduates. Uh, if you did graduate from something and we missed you, sorry. You know, congratulations to you as well. Uh, these are, you know, the regular attenders that we know of. Uh, so we just want to congratulate them and recognize them. We just want to pray for them. So if you could stretch your hands out, we just want to pray for them. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for Anna. Father, we just thank you for the plans and purposes you have for her life, Father God. I thank you for your supernatural hedge of protection around her as she just pursues the passion and the calling on her life, Father God. I thank you that she can be a light in the ballet world, a light in the ballet world. And we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Let her go with joy. Thank you, Father. We just pray for Kirsty, Heavenly Father. We just thank you, Lord, for the passions that you have put on the inside of her, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you are rising her up as a leader in this community, in this church, Father God. Thank you for her heart for service. She has faithfully served in kids' ministry for probably as as soon as she was able. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, Father, you honor a heart like that. So continue to bless her, lead her, and guide her in the next steps that you have for her life, Lord. Amen. Father, we pray for Tessa, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for uh, the wonderful gifts that you have given this young this young woman, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you have placed on inside of her this wisdom and discernment, Lord. And she'll know exactly what school to attend to and when to attend it, Lord. And, Father, that you are leading and guiding her and the plans and purposes you have for her life will succeed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. And we thank you for Sophia, Lord. Thank you, Father, for who she is, who you created her to be. Father, thank you, Lord, that she is a light in the darkness, Father God. Thank you, Father, that she loves you and she serves you with her whole heart, Father. And I just thank you, Father, for the plans and purposes you have. And given the talents that she has, Father, she will use them for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we lift up Destiny and Kenny and Gianna to you, Father. We thank you for them and their families. Father, pray a blessing over them, a hedge of protection around them. And thank you, Father God. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Every step of the way. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, one more hand for them. I gotta get my stuff. All right. All right. Another short service today. <laughs> hey, that's right. <laughs> it's funny, man. We don't we don't do any short services here. I mean, I might be on the shorter side, but we certainly don't do any short services here. Well, I want to pray for the offering real quick. Again, I know most people either put it in uh, the buckets here or they placed it back. Uh, and I just have a, a scripture that I want to read. And I just want to encourage you. So many people, I just want to thank you. So many people have been giving online and giving through text to give and some other ways. So I just want to continue to encourage you to do that. We do get those funds, and so we're thankful. Uh, we have had no need to make any major changes. God has just been really good to us through this time. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful to us. The scripture I have this morning is out of Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. And I love that verse. It just says, Honor the Lord. Honor him. Honor him. Honor him with all that you have, with all that you are. And when we do that, it's showing that we have trust in him. 
We are trusting him with our finances, trusting him with our life, trusting him with everything that we are, everything that we have. There's a promise that goes with that in verse 10, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and that your vats will overflow with new wine. And so what a great promise that we can stand on when we trust in him with our finances. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every gift and every giver this morning. I thank you, Father, that you are the God of multiplication, that you do things that we, don't even, we can't even imagine on how you work things out. Father, thank you for leading us and directing us. I pray for wisdom for each and every one of us in our financial realm and the financial matters within our life. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are working. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, Lord, you are working. You are constantly working, and you are for us and not against us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, turn with me, open your Bibles, turn with me to John 16. And we're doing a series uh, on the Holy Spirit. And I really felt led to do a series on the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know why. Uh, And, of course, sometimes, you know, when you're planning something ahead of time, you don't know why the Lord's leading you in a certain way. But I know why the Lord was leading towards the Holy Spirit. Because I'll tell you what, in this day, in this age, in this time, do we ever, 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 ever need more more of the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to show us what is truth, what is not truth. Man, you can't read anything anymore without starting to question of everything that you see on the news. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's truth. And you know what? We have the Holy Spirit that is able to do that on the inside of us. And I really want to focus. Last week, I did kind of the job description of the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, if I, you know, being from background in business and even being at the church, everyone loves a good job description. Like, I, what does that person do, right? Sometimes you look at a coworker and you're just like, what does that person do? I mean, how many have done this, right? What does that person do all day? Like, I'd like to read their job description because I'll tell you what, what they do, I'd certainly like that job. But let me tell you, every job you think you want, once you actually get that job, it's usually not, it's all cracked up to be, Amen. All right, so we all know that. That's from the secular side. But I walk through the job description of the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, what can we see of the things that the Holy Spirit did? And I gave four general kind of categories of the job description of the Holy Spirit. The first one was is that he points us to Christ. The Holy Spirit points us to Christ. We looked at a bunch of different scriptures. And what does he do? How does he point us to Christ? He eventually, what he does is he wants to work on the inside of us and convicts us. He convicts us, and he says, no, you're turning here, you need to turn back to me. And the Holy Spirit has a convicting voice on the inside of us. And then the second one was that he leads us, he teaches us, and he guides us. And then the third one was that he empowers us to do the work of Christ. And then the fourth one was is he points us to justice on behalf of Christ. And we walked through those, and I said, Lord, why did you do those? And then he started revealing to me that today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and his convicting power. Next week is Father's Day, and we're going to be talking about leading and guiding, and I'm going to be targeting a lot to the men, but for everybody who comes, how the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us. And, then we're, and I've just been burdened to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. 
And I want to take at least a week, if not two weeks, to walk through the nine gifts of the Spirit. What are they? Why should we desire them? What does it mean to earnestly seek them? What does it mean that we shouldn't be ignorant about them? As the Scripture begins to say, I want to walk through those because I want more of those. I want you to be able to manifest and work in more of those. Because if you haven't noticed what's going on outside, is we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to operate effectively in day-to-day life. I mean, it's every day it seems to be more and more we need these things. So this morning I want to talk more about the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And what I really want to focus on is I want to talk through the difference between conviction and condemnation. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know if, if you're like me, but I get a lot of thoughts that come through my mind. I know some, some, some people get more thoughts. They come through their mind than I do. I do, as a man, not all men maybe have this box, but I have the nothing box. Come on, guys. How many have the nothing box where you just sit there and there's just nothing going on? Okay, it's okay. I'm okay. I'm with you guys, right? The nothing box is great. But a lot of the times we don't reside always in the nothing box, and there's a lot of thoughts and things that come at us. There's things constantly pressing against us. And we hear all these things, and honestly, we start thinking like, you know, well, what if I... If I'm wearing a mask, does it mean that I'm in fear? And we start to get upset about that. Well, maybe not. Well, if I don't wear a mask, and then am I not loving someone who does have a mask on? And then we just begin to get in fear and in this condemnation, and we don't, and we get paralyzed, and we don't know what to do. And there's just all the stuff going on in, in, our, in our world right now with racism. Well, if... Should I say something? Should I not say something? Well, I feel bad that I didn't say something earlier. And maybe I should have made another post earlier. Or maybe I should have said something or did something. And how do I know what the Holy Spirit is convicting me of and what the enemy is trying to put condemnation on me? How do I know the difference? How do you know the difference? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because I think it's important for each and every one of us to understand what those two things are and what those two things lead us to. And the Holy Spirit will always lead us to conviction and pointing us to Christ. And the enemy leads us to condemnation and to fear and to guilt. And I'm going to walk through a bunch of different things along those lines. But I ask you to turn to John uh, 16. I want to talk briefly on this scripture. And then we're going to pop over into Romans. John 16, starting in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I can't imagine the disciples sitting there going like, what? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus speaking to his disciples like, guys, it's good that I go. It's good that I go. And they're like, I would be like, wait, no, don't, please don't go, right? For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. The Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will do what? He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father. And you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit comes to bring conviction to us. All right, go with me to Romans 8. Romans 8 starting in verse 1. So if the Holy Spirit brings conviction... What brings condemnation? Romans A1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Everybody say, no condemnation. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That means condemnation when it comes, if you are in Christ Jesus, is not from God. 
It's not from God. It doesn't come from him. The spirit of fears that come are not from him. These, these condemnations that we feel do not come from him. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look at that. We have to walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. What is condemnation? A penalty or a punishment. An expression of a very strong disapproval. Man, that's so much different than conviction. Conviction causes us to turn to Christ. Conviction begins to stir up something that, you know what? I need to do something differently here. And it comes actually with a peace, believe it or not. You know, so often we think this, when we get this conviction, that we think, well, it's because I've done something wrong, and so I need to feel bad about it. No, what he's saying is, you need to, you've done something wrong, but you need to stop doing it. You need to turn from those sins. You need to turn away and repent and say, Lord, help me to move away from those things. And he brings such peace when that comes. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means you have made Jesus Christ both your Savior and your Lord. When you are in Jesus Christ, you have made a commitment for him to be your Savior and your Lord. And we talk about this all the time. This is not easy. This is not like, oh, I prayed that prayer one time, and now everything in my life is just great. Everything works out perfectly. I don't struggle with any sin anymore. Everything is just beautiful roses, and my job works out great. My boss, you know, the day I got saved, my boss became a different person. Like, wait a second. Where's that in the Bible? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you became a different person. You became a new creation in Christ. The Holy Spirit now dwells in you and is working on changing you to be more Christ-like. The goal of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is to make you whole, to be more like Christ. And guess what? Sometimes that hurts. Sometimes that hurts a little bit. When I ran youth, it was so funny. I don't know if some of the kids might remember this. I'd always ask them the question. It was like a trick question. I was like, guys, I got a great question for you today. I'm so excited about the message God has for me. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? And they're all like, yes, yes, me, me, Pastor Jason, please, I want to be more like Jesus. And then I tell them, okay, in order to be more like Jesus, here are some of the things you need to start doing in your life. Here are some of the things you need to start weeding out in your life. Here, and slowly hands are just like, mm. like, I don't know if I want to be more like Jesus or not. Yeah, but this is what the Holy Spirit's job is on the inside of us, is to turn us to Jesus, to make a work on the inside of us to be more like Jesus. Okay, next verse in Romans 8. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. We are free from the law of sin and death when we've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Verse 3. For what the law could not do that it was weak through the flesh. Church, the flesh is weak. Anybody recognize that? Anybody have any issues with that this week? Yeah? Come on, you don't have to raise your hands with kind of a rhetorical question. I'll raise them for you. It's tough. It's a constant battle with our flesh. Because the spirit and the flesh are battling against each other all the time. That's what the Bible talks about. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. The likeness of sinful flesh, although he did not sin. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. 
So the only thing here that's going to be condemned is sin because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? I mean, come on, what a beautiful, beautiful representation of what he did. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Walking according to the Spirit. Walking according, not according to the flesh, but walking according to the Spirit. And I'm going to get into this, the ways we can determine when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Is it coming from Him and the Holy Spirit, or is it coming from the enemy trying to bring something else? Walking by the Spirit. For those who live, verses, next verse here, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit and the things of the Spirit. Next verse. Be the last verse we talk about here, and I'm going to go into some other things. For to be carnally minded is death. Yikes. When our mind and our flesh is ruling and controlling our life, it actually leads to death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Condemnation leads us down the road to death. Holy Spirit conviction leads us down the road of life and peace. How many of you guys want to be living in life and peace? It's like, yes, I do, please. And we have to decipher all these thoughts that come into our minds. Which one is it? Which one is it? The Bible says take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So when that thought comes in, you have to stop for a minute and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I going to make an agreement with that thought? Is that thought truly coming from the Holy Spirit, from God himself? Or is it coming from the enemy to try to move me into a different direction? You see in that verse there are two options. There's the carnal option, which leads to death, and the spirit option, which leads to life and peace. So what happens when we hear these thoughts, these feelings? Or even, you know, if we've sinned, we begin to feel this condemnation on the inside of us. Say, what do we do? And it's different than conviction. The Holy Spirit comes to convict and not to condemn. And so I'm going to give you some things I want you to write down. If you have a piece of paper, this might be harder in your phones, but bear with me. I'd like you to make two columns. I'm going to give you something on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. And I'm going to list some things about the Holy Spirit's conviction versus the enemy's condemnation. And you can put these side by side. And you can go back and reference that. And to look at that later, almost like a little check sheet, like a little filter that says, whoa, I got this thought. Let me just, as a reminder, go through. Is it on this side or does it fall on this side? And then you can begin to decipher. says, whoa, 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 whoa. It's on this side. This is from the enemy. Oh, look at that. That's from this side of this list of things. And this is going to be something that the Holy Spirit is working on. So the first one I want you to look at is going to be the tone of the Holy Spirit versus the tone of the enemy. And the tone of the Holy Spirit is of a loving father imploring, beseeching, and urging you to return to him. The tone is all about you are valued, you are loved, you are cared for. You think when someone speaks to you, when someone who loves you and is speaking to you, how do they speak to you? When they are truly showing love to you, say, well, what about when they're speaking the truth in love? Even that comes across in a loving spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in a loving tone. The tone of the enemy, accusing, nagging, it's a mocking voice generating fear and shame causing confusion. Protecting a sense of rejection and ministering to questions like, has God indeed said that? 
I bet nothing good will come from this. A tone that makes you feel superior or worthless. This is coming from the enemy. So the tone of the Holy Spirit versus the tone of the enemy, you can see two clearly different ways in that they speak to us. The second one, the Holy Spirit is specific. The enemy is very vague. The Holy Spirit is specific. The enemy is vague. The Spirit says, fix this one thing and you'll grow in freedom. He gives you specific things to go do. He leads you and guides you with all wisdom and with all knowledge. He commands you to take these specific actions. Repent of this action and you'll find freedom. Go here, do this. You hear in the Bible constantly, the Holy Spirit is constantly leading, saying, go here, go to Hebron, go over there, don't go over here. He's constantly leading and guiding. The enemy creates and generates this blanket choking sense of general guilt. A choking sense of this general guilt. Though everything is wrong, like there's no action you can really take to overcome it. The woe is me. It leads to self-pity. It leads to despair. It leads to all these things that are not of God. When the enemy, he is vague and he is general. The next one, the Holy Spirit brings encouragement to God's message. The enemy brings discouragement to the message. The Holy Spirit, he engages you and encourages you to rely on God's power and not on your own strength. He gives you something to go do and you say, Lord, I need your help with that. Lord, I need your help with that. The enemy, however, he brings an attack on you on a person. He looks to cut your self-image. He looks to cut you down. And what happens is over the course of time, if, we don't, if we're not able to discern these two sides, we begin to make agreements on the side of the enemy. We begin to take these agreements and that whisper that we heard that we didn't take authority of and say that wasn't from God. And when, they, when the enemy whispers it again, and then he whispers it again, we begin to believe it more and more and more and more. And many times we find ourselves down this route where we have, we have just been believing a lie of the enemy for decades. And it takes intentionality, it takes prayer, it takes focus, it takes effort to take that thought when it comes to be able to start moving it and changing it to a different direction. And say, you know what, that's not lining up with the word of God. That's not coming from the Holy Spirit. That, that is condemnation and that is from the enemy. And I refuse to walk in that any longer. The Holy Spirit says things like, you know what, forget the past. The enemy says things like, let's remember all of your past. Come on now. He will bring stuff to your mind of stuff that you did that you thought you forgot about. Just to try to make you feel bad. I can't, oh my gosh, I can't remember. I, I, that did happen in college. I can't believe that. I am such a terrible person. I can't, you know, come on guys, have we done this, right? You start saying, oh, I can't believe that. I, I can't believe I used to do that. I can't believe. Look, that was all in the past. That's all that has been forgiven. If you've repented and said, Lord, forgive me for those sins, it's in the past. It's washed away. He's not looking at that. God's not looking at that anymore. It's the enemy who wants to bring those things to your remembrance. Constantly bringing these things to you to try to remember. 
The Holy Spirit draws you to God. The enemy draws you to rejection. You see, the Holy Spirit, there's an attraction that he pulls us towards God. He generates in us unexpected kindness, love, long-suffering, forgiveness. These are things that come from when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. When the enemy speaks, he speaks lies. He disguises himself as an agent of holiness, as as an angel of light. He produces the feeling that God has rejected you. And you are somehow unholy and unworthy. If you are walking in self-pity in your life, because many of us sometimes do, is a complete lie of the enemy. He is trying to bring condemnation on you that is not from, not from God. And we need to reject those things when we see those things happen. The Holy Spirit, he brings positive scriptures to our remembrance. The enemy comes to try to steal the word and try to bring every negative scripture to our remembrance out of context. Come on, guys. You think the the enemy doesn't know the scripture? What did the enemy use to tempt Jesus with? He used scripture. But I love if you look at how he used the scripture, he used it in like this accusing, like almost kind of way, if you're the son of God... You know, if you're like, it's like tempting, baiting us, right? He was baiting us with the word of God. He baits us sometimes. And we have these scriptures that come back to remembrance. It says, oh, there's this scripture that says, you know, when I meet God, he's going to say that he never knew me. Right? Because it says in the Bible, there's those that do miracles, wonders, and signs. And when we get to heaven, he says, I didn't know you. You're like, oh my gosh, that's, that, that scripture's for me. Well, you have to understand what that scripture means in context and understand what that scripture means when the God looks at the heart, when he knows who you heart, what your heart is all about. Have you repented of those things? Have you made him your Lord and Savior? He knows your heart and he will judge your heart. You can't stand on that scripture alone and say, well, I made a mistake. I bet you God's going to say, I don't know you when I, when, when I show up at heaven. But that's in the Bible. And I'll tell you, we've been debating a lot at home, too, about the narrow road and the wide road. The wide road leads to death and destruction. The narrow road leads to Christ. Say, oh, I don't know if I'm on that narrow road. I don't know if I'm on that narrow road. You know what? I've I've just been walking in this or that. I've been doing that. I just don't think I'm on the narrow road. Come on, guys. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and says, ah, you're veering off course and it comes with a conviction and you repent, he will bring you back to that narrow road again. You don't have to just constantly doing this evaluation over and over and over and over in our lives about which road I'm walking on. The Holy Spirit leads us. He guides us. He convicts us. He takes us from this path to this path. I was on that wide path. I was on that path and the Lord took me out of that. And took me on that narrow path. And now because I know the narrow path. Because I know Jesus. And my eyes are focused on Jesus. I actually can see when I'm getting off of that path. I can begin to see it. The Holy Spirit begins to show it to us. So we can walk on that narrow path. The Holy Spirit. A couple more here on this line. I know that it's getting probably pretty long on both things here. The Holy Spirit draws you into fellowship. The enemy works to isolate you. 
the Holy Spirit draws us into fellowship, the enemy works to isolate you. The enemy is working to isolate us right now in many, many different ways. He's looking to get us divisive against each other. He's looking to isolate us. If you look about it, the scripture talks about the enemy being like a lion searching around whom he may destroy. You ever watch a lion hunt, like on National Geographic, right? You like watch the lion roam around, who's he going to get? Who does he get? The one on the outskirts of the herd. The one who has said, you know what? I got distracted and I'm walking over here all by myself. I'm no longer in the covering. I'm no longer with the herd. I'm no longer in the protection of God and in his church. And I'm out here all on my own. And this is when the enemy comes to attack. We cannot be isolated. We cannot be. God created us for fellowship. He created us for interaction. He created us for family. He, we're talking about being in God's family. It's all about family. He doesn't want you isolated. The enemy wants you isolated. If, if you see your life moving towards more and more isolation and being more and more alone as like me and only me, then I can tell you that that's not the Holy Spirit leading you to isolation. That's not how he works. The Holy Spirit will state facts and truths about you and about God. The enemy will emphasize only feelings. Now we, may, we have feelings. God created feelings. I get that. But what the Holy Spirit does is he always points us to the truth. And when we begin to understand that truth on the inside, we begin to understand how God actually created us to be and who he created us to be. Let me skip forward. I got uh, two more here. Actually, one more. The Holy Spirit reassures you of God's forgiveness and the enemy accuses you, saying you have committed the unpardonable sin. This is what he does. He tries to divide us. This unpardonable sin... Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Speaking out against God. So hard-hearted. Complete rejection of God. The opposite of praising Him. That is truly the unpardonable sin. It's like you're completely rejecting the Holy Spirit. You're completely rejecting God and who He is and everything that He has to do with. If you're questioning whether or not you created the unpardonable sin, you haven't created the unpardonable sin. Because if you did that, you you wouldn't care anymore. You understand what I'm saying? You'd be like, I don't even care anymore. My heart has been so hard. You're like, whatever, I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. So look, that's clearly the enemy trying to lead you down a path of destruction. So what do we do with this worship team if you want to come back up? Would you like to end with a song? We have these two lists on both sides. What do we do with this? I would ask that you take these lists and what are the things that are, you're believing in your life? What are the things you feel like you're being led to? What are the things that are the thoughts that you have coming in your life? And you, you kind of bump them up against the two lists. And when you do that and you see it on a piece of paper, you clearly, clearly can identify, uh-uh, uh-uh, or absolutely, absolutely, this is from God. And he wants me to turn from this sin. He wants me to go to this new level. He wants to take me to a different thing, to a different place. And we clearly begin to see these things as they lay out. If it's conviction, then I'd highly recommend immediately 
repent. Turn from it. Ask for forgiveness. And make restitution as the Spirit leads. As the team gets set set up, when you're ready, you guys can start playing behind me. I have a testimony I want to share. I have a testimony from a man in this congregation who recently walked through this exact scenario. And as I was preparing for this message, I got this testimony that came in. I said, are you kidding me? It's like, this is what I'm going to be preaching on. What a better example than somebody in our congregation who just walked through this very thing and the fruit that came out of it. Let me read this to you. Last Sunday, it came, came in to me. So after you prayed, meaning me, prayed with Dave. Let the cat out of the bag there, Dave. Love you, brother. Went home and continued to pray to hear from God. He expected a great message. But what did he hear from heaven was, be yourself. Saturday's message at Men to Men was about forgiveness. Later that day, a young woman who was a clerk at Country Fair made a mistake and thought Dave was the cause of her error. She started calling him a few choice names. The old Dave fired back at her. We had spent some time together. This is from the person who sent it. And we discussed this. Then on Sunday, which was last Sunday, during my message, God convicted him to go, convicted him, didn't condemn him, convicted him, working on the inside of him, to go and to apologize to her. He thought, what are the chances she would be there? But following the nudge of the Spirit, he stopped in to see. She had recognized him. And when he approached her behind the counter, of course, Dave being two and a half feet taller than she was, it looked as though a bad biker was coming ready for a confrontation. To her surprise, when he leaned over the counter and made a heartfelt apology, she broke into tears. Come on, church. In fact, all the workers in that place were tearing up as well. This is a country fair that was in a dark neighborhood. But after this loving, heartfelt apology, people were hugging him and were so appreciative of what he did. After the event, he says, I can't believe how a simple, heartfelt apology can bring an entire store to tears. It was absolutely awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you for letting me share that, Dave. There is fruit when the Holy Spirit leads us to conviction. Positive fruit. And you can judge things by their fruit. And the fruit of condemnation does not lead to entire stores weeping and being feeling the Holy Spirit's presence in a heartfelt apology. So we're going to sing one more song. I would, there's going to be some people up here as prayer leaders. They're going to be able to pray for you. If you haven't got prayer for something this morning, I encourage you to come down. Maybe you're fighting something. You just want encouragement. Maybe you need healing in your body. There's going to be three sets of people here praying for you. We're going to do this one last song. So stand with me in worship. And if you've got a prayer need in your life, Come on up here. 
Some of you may have decided to be done 20 minutes ago. Mm. You know, I've been there. I've been sitting in the seat like, oh my goodness, what in the world? I check out sometimes. Um, I just feel compelled. Um, as you go into this week, I feel like I have a master's degree in, in condemnation and overcoming it, right? I mean, I just feel like I have all of these years of practice in this. And I never began, my, my freedom, getting free of the lies of the enemy began to accelerate when I began to call them out into the light. I was always afraid to speak them because I didn't want to speak. I wanted to speak the truth. I wanted to speak the word, and I did that. Except I was kind of like just speaking the word, like blind, you know, just like throwing it around at this vague thing. And so the Lord led me the one day, what are you really believing? Um, in a specific situation is, um, like every, all moms will, this will resonate. Every fifth time I would come upon an undone chore, I would like lose my mind or maybe every 15th time I would literally just lose it. And I just went to the Lord in prayer, like, Lord, why, why, why am I losing my self-control? Like why? It was just toothpaste in the sink. And he asked me, what are you really believing? And we uncovered, me and the Holy Spirit uncovered. The belief in me was, if my family really loved me, they would do the little things I asked them to do to help in the home. I said it again. Then I wrote it down. That, I don't have to be afraid of it. That's what I'm believing. And right underneath it, what is true? What's true? My family loves me unconditionally even when they forget to do the little things that I ask them to do to keep my home in order. You see, the, the lie was so close to what is true, That's right. but I was responding. My emotions were responding to what I was believing, and I wasn't fully aware of what I was believing. And so I began to press in. I began to press into the bad fruit. You know, I begin to look at those areas in my life where I needed freedom, where I felt like I would suddenly get out of control or I would suddenly get angry or, you know, there's just certain things where people ride in the left-hand lane and won't move the heck over. I get so mad. But I just begin saying, Lord, how do I grow in love for these poor drivers? How do I, how, I mean, I just pray over them. I try to speak the word over them, move over in Jesus name. And it's okay if I want to go faster than you, you know, it's not, it's okay. Just move. It doesn't have to be a fight. Um, but I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm also being serious. Like, um, and so I began pressing in, Lord, what am I believing? I believe that that person is uh, inconsiderate. I believe that person is ignorant and that they need educated on the the rules of the road, you know, and I, I, there's no love there. Yes, I may be right, and I am right. Don't ride in the left-hand lane. Move over for the people who want to go faster. I am right. Read the book, the DMV book. I'm right. But being right doesn't justify me in the eyes of God. Being right is not what he, that's not his main thing. Loving others my heart of love toward others. And I can only get there in truth. There's only one way I can love my family is when I un, I dethroned that lie. And in order for me to dethrone it, hey, I'm open to being corrected, but in order for me to dethrone it, I had to pull it out of the dark, shadowy places where it was thriving. I had to pull it into the light, write it down, look at it, and say, no, I have a whole page now. Amen. I have all the lies on the one side That's right. and I have all the truths on the other side. And I only read the truth side. 
Once I got the truth, I don't go and focus. I don't study my, my old lies because I don't believe them anymore. I don't even believe them anymore. I just needed the corresponding truth to dethrone the lie and enthrone the truth. This is specific work, church family. This is spe- You can't dethrone other people's lies. No matter how hard I try, I can't convince him you know, of the truth that I, as I believe it. This is a specific work in each of our hearts. Condemnation would only come upon my bad fruit. Oh, look at how you're yelling at your kids. Everyone thinks you're wonderful, but you're not. And and I, it felt true. It was facts. You screamed at your kids. Fact. You shouldn't have. Fact. You were really harsh. Fact. I believe the enemy uses facts all the time, but not truth. Those facts are not my truth. You, you understand. He uses facts to condemn. He'll use scripture to condemn. He'll use truth to condemn, but it's not unto truth. It's not unto truth. So I just wanted to, to, before you give the benediction, I love the benediction. You will watch me, and I've said it before, I receive the benediction that God brings, gives to him to speak over us. Receive it, church. I put my hands, I receive the benediction as a blanket of blessing over me. And I want to take it with me as I go until I can return again in this family. So let me just read this over you guys. It's out of Philippians 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are with us. You are for us. I pray a blessing over each family, over each person, as we go our way today. Lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You guys are dismissed.